G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Lockdowns over this past couple of years have had a dramatic effect on families. In some families, it's brought out the best. But in others, it's been a most painful, even some might say soul-destroying experience cooped up at home and bringing out the worst Well, our special guest this hour used her lockdown experience writing her own kids' devotions for her family. She describes herself as a wife, a mother, a friend, a sister, a daughter, a teacher, and she loves Jesus. Shell Shaw has four children under 10. And in creating some family devotions, one thing led to another with friends and family, and eventually there were over 50 families being emailed family devotions every Sunday. Well, Shell has just released her devotions in a new book called Together, a year of family devotions from my family to yours. And Shell is our special guest through this hour. Shell, welcome along to 2020. Good morning. Hi. (laughs) Shell, you are in fact, uh, let me just uh, comment on this as we get the conversation underway. Of course, you have two homes, one in Sydney and one in New Plymouth in New Zealand. But right now, you and your husband, you're in the process of moving your family to Broome in Western Australia. And so you find yourself today talking to us from Hotel Quarantine in Perth. Uh, Welcome to two weeks of being there with all the family. Yes, we're in day two at the moment. So far, so good. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not the first uh, lockdown isolation you've experienced because uh, this was part of your life uh, when you were in New Zealand. Yes, correct. Yeah. So tell us about that. Um, Yeah, so obviously I think the whole world went into lockdown um, in 2020 and... um, it was hard. It was really hard. My husband's a pediatrician, so he was obviously a central worker. So I was at home with, with my four kids doing online learning, doing kindergarten things. So it's just a busy, busy time of life. And so now you've started two weeks. Is it bringing back some memories of uh, some of the hardships that you experienced back then? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's even harder with this one. We can't actually go outside. So we're stuck in um, a hotel room. We've got two hotel rooms, conjoining rooms, um, on level 27 in Perth. It's a beautiful sunny day here, but um, it's definitely a full-on, lot of activities. Uh, You're you're in a two-bedroom unit, uh, you and your husband and your four kids. Now, give us an idea of the ages of your kids. I said they're all under 10. Yeah, you did. So I've got Jack, who's eight, um, Noah, who's six, Eleanor, who's four, and I've got Florence, who's two. All right. So two (laughs) boys and two girls. And two girls. Yeah, I do. Yeah. How long does it take before they're bouncing off the walls? Uh, Because they're the ones who are perhaps doing it toughest, being cooped up for two weeks. Yeah, definitely. We've um, we've got a time change of five hours. So I think we've been up at since 4 a.m. this morning. 
so it's been a, it's already been a long morning for us. It's <laughs> and uh, the uh, the consolation there might be that they'll be going to bed a little bit earlier this evening. Hey, Shell, when you were locked down uh, in New Zealand, you started writing mm-hmm. some family devotions. Now, uh, some people might have said, "Oh, couldn't you find any of those online, or couldn't you find a book somewhere that you could have bought in for the uh, mm. the possibilities of that?" But but you decided to start writing your own. What was the? Give us the story around that. Yeah, um, I started looking at the word for today, which is what we get over in New Zealand. And I thought to myself, oh, how can I make this more child relevant? So how can I make it more interesting for the kids? Because I know I can do it personally, but it's probably not aimed at the level of sort of development that my kids are at. So I tried to change the words and make it sort of a bit more child friendly. And then when I was delving into it, I was like, oh, actually, I think I want this to go a bit further. And I felt God say to me, write your own. So I just started writing. <laughs> and then one thing led to another. And yeah, I've got a whole year's worth plus some. You know, I was saying to <laughs> some of our team just yesterday uh, that Shell was using the word for today and uh, just wasn't appropriate for her young children. So I said, uh, get ready. Maybe there'll be some sort of connection there because uh, I think our team might be interested in how you're actually interpreting those issues around the word for today and putting them into kids' language because finding mm. family devotions, especially for kids, perhaps that's not as easy to do. No, I, I don't think it is, hey, because some, not all devotions, but a lot of devotions are quite long and kids just don't have that long attention span anymore. So I sort of really wanted to base it on questions, um, not one-worded answers, but just questions to get them thinking about everyday life, life with Jesus, how we bring in our family faith into doing life. And when you're asking questions, and uh, I might just mention you've got a teaching background, so yeah, when you ask a question, yeah. you can ask a closed question that brings out a yes or a no response, or you can ask that sort of open question that brings out how the kids are feeling and what they're thinking. So that's the way you've sort of framed your question so that it gets the kids ready to respond? Yeah, definitely. And I didn't want it to be sort of a comprehension question, like the answer would be God or Jesus or, you know, I really wanted it to be a space where parents and kids to talk about things that may not necessarily come up in everyday conversation. So, for example, why do people get angry or what would you just say to someone who is feeling sad? I really wanted to bring up the discussion of a whole variety of um, topics, not just one-worded answers. And so clearly it works because your kids, as you mentioned, their ages, eight, six, uh, four... Four and two. And two. Uh, so, you know, even at the youngest ages, your, your youngest one, Florence, uh, she was good with, uh, you know, responding to those questions as well? Yeah, um, she's, I mean, she's obviously, she's two, so she finds it a bit hard, but she sort of copies what the others are saying and she joins in, which is awesome. Um, we're not struck, you know, we're not... Uh, we're not religious. We don't want to just do it every day because we have to. We want to have it as a lifestyle. So sometimes we do it at the dinner table. Sometimes we do it before we're going to bed. Um, just every day is quite different. Um, I just going back to um, those questions and promoting the conversations with the kids. I remember one example. Quite um, yeah, it was quite interesting. The question was, "What makes you scared?" 
And my son came back with an answer that we were not expecting at all. So Mark and I had to sort of rethink a situation that we were in. And I feel like if I hadn't asked that question, we couldn't have then changed the circumstance that we were in to make him less scared. So it's just promoting those conversations that you don't normally have. So you started writing these devotions and no doubt then you started sharing them with some of your family and friends and this all began to snowball how did it feel when things were starting to people were asking you hey can you send me can you include me on your email list how was that uh, developing um yeah it definitely was so encouraging there were just little um, moments that I felt God was in there like I just had different contacts and another contact would say, oh, send it to this person, send it to this person. I just felt God had his hand. He's had his hand on this devotion since the beginning. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our special guest is Shell Shaw. Shell has four children under 10. Her new book is called Together, A Year of Family Devotions from My Family to Yours. Shell, let's talk about one of the primary things that you wanted to do with your book because uh, sometimes it's a very cumbersome thing, even for some, a burdensome thing to be Mm. thinking about having uh, devotions for our family. It's hard enough to have your own personal devotion, let alone (laughs) coordinating that for everyone else. But you've discovered that there is something special that comes when you have a family devotion. How do you describe it? Yeah, um, as I said before, it's just when the kids answer that you you don't realise what they're thinking. Their little minds can sometimes go 100 miles an hour, but you can't comprehend what they're thinking. And then when you actually sit down and talk to them, you start to get an understanding of what their little minds are going through at the moment. And the way that it brings the family together, parents with children and communicating on a whole new level than what you might ordinarily talk about in small talk. Mm. Um, I guess that the, the thing that I really want to make it, it's fun. I don't want it to be like, all right, kids, let's, you know, you have to sit down for these these devotions I want to make it fun I want to make it flexible um yeah I just I just want to make it um relaxed in a relaxed environment so they're comfortable just so it's part of our everyday life the conversations that we have through these together is just sort of following on to everyday life the idea of a spiritual leader in your family, and as parents, we want to be that spiritual leader. Otherwise, somebody mm-hmm. outside of our family may well hijack our opportunity to be that spiritual leader because kids are getting influences from so many places. Yeah. When you bring the family together, what's that connection like, do you think, between parent and children? Yeah, it just it grows stronger, doesn't it? It's just that they are valued, they see value, they see that their answers and questions um, are important. I mean, as you said, if we don't talk about it, um, we can't can't just assume they're going to learn from Sunday school or, you know, we want them to learn what our values are so we pass them on. 
And I imagine that as a teacher, you're very familiar with how kids learn. So they're learning not necessarily by rote, uh, knowing what the answer Mm. is to the question. As you said, you didn't want uh, single answers like that. But kids are learning on the journey that they're going through with you as a parent. So how do you describe the way kids are actually capturing some of that spirituality that comes from your leadership as a parent? Yeah, good question. I guess for me, it's um, making it relevant to them. So um, last week, we were doing the fruits of the spirit. So we were talking about love, joy, peace, and trying to have actions with that. So activities with love, like how do we show love to our family? How do we show love to our friends? How do we be joyful in a situation that's quite stressful for us? So it's bringing those spiritual aspects into our everyday life. You know, there are some who think that when we're passing on our spirituality and our values to our children, uh, we're sort of going from the deep end back to the shallow end. But there's something special about that, isn't there, as a parent, because you've got to adjust the way you think so that you're actually raising up this new generation. And nobody knows your children better than you do as a parent, but Mm. somehow or other you've got to adjust yourself to be in the world of the kids. Is this what you've tried to do with your family devotions? Yeah, completely. So making it um, age appropriate. There's like a little let's discover section, which is more hands on. Um, and do you know what I do? If I'm if I'm struggling with, you know, even if I'm struggling in the devotion, I just sort of stop and just, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. So then I just flag it. I, like it's just sometimes you. You know, like life just throws some such curveballs at you. So you, you're trying to do the best you can in what in what we have. Um, I love James 1.5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without fault, finding fault and it will be given to you. And I've, I love this verse because there's so many times in my ch- children's life that I am so out of the depth. I, I don't know what's happened at school. I don't know what their little minds are thinking. And I just, I guess I just have to stop and seek, seek that wisdom and ask for it. In generations gone by, Shell, uh, I imagine families relied on a Sunday school experience. Uh, sometimes, mm. uh, you know, we're sending our children to Christian schools and we feel like we're outsourcing that level of spirituality and learning about the things of God. But there's something very profound, isn't there, as a parent when you're actually involved in your children's spiritual development? Any thoughts around you know, you can't outsource some of this to others. Sometimes you've got to shoulder that responsibility yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And I think that's where I was almost, um, like in that lockdown, I was almost convicted to say, no, come on, Shell, this is, you are, it's your responsibility as well as Mark, my husband. Like we, we do it together. We all sit down together. Um, sometimes it's easy to say, oh, that's all right. They'll learn it at Scripture in you know or they'll learn it at Sunday school but I think it is our sole responsibility I know that some people will be thinking what happens when you have these family devotions at home and uh, when you talk about being in lockdown and you know people will have these sorts of images of kids under 10 just full of energy bouncing off the walls is there a behavior effect that comes from these sorts of uh, opportunities for parents to be on the same level as their children and doing the parenting thing at close quarters. Is, is there something here that happens in, in your children's behaviour? 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely when you're in lockdown, I guess you give them so much more attention than when you're doing your typical drop off at school, do all the activities. So I, I guess for me, it's trying to capture these moments of these lockdown experiences to actually use them appropriately. So, you know, I just spend so much more time with my kids in lockdown. Um, don't get me wrong, it is so, so hard. <laughs> But I know that these moments are really special and they're going to remember, you know, they will remember these 14 days in hotel lockdown. There's no doubt about it. Yes, that's right. It'll be something you'll remember probably for the rest of your lives. Mm. The values that pass on oftentimes happen in the day-to-day experience. So when you are locked down with kids and all sorts of issues come up that you ordinarily wouldn't be a part of because you're off doing your own thing, the values that you get to comment on that the children might be talking about, what they might be seeing, if they're watching a movie, if they're reading a book, those sorts of things. And the way those values pass on to a new generation, there's something significant there for parents who think about the importance of how you might involve yourself in your devotions. Any thoughts on values and how that passes on? Yeah, I mean, do you know, the, the most powerful thing is by example. So if they, um, I have to be honest, there's been a lot of stressful moments these last probably month <laughs> leading up to this broom um, change. So um, there's been moments where I've been quite stressed and I've just had to say to them, okay, I've got to stop. I've got to, I've got to go into my room. I'm, I'm going to pray or I need to put worship music on. And I feel like when they see me do that, that's just a powerful example for them. So in moments of stress, okay, where do we turn to? We turn to worship music or we turn to prayer. We turn to God. So, it's, yeah, the, the most powerful way is an example, is our example. And I love the way you say you're really not pretending to be the expert here because anyone who pretends to be the expert on parents uh, knows that they quickly can soon come undone because so many unpredictable things can happen. But you don't want to put parents on a guilt trip. Now, sometimes when we talk about having family devotions or having prayer time or, or the way you might read your Bible in some sort of a routine, people can feel as though there's sort of a guilt trip on them without that necessarily that sort of gentle encouragement how do you say uh, the sorts of things that you're communicating in your new book with getting your kids around devotions is there something in there that's being communicated to parents that says let's give it our best shot yeah I mean in the introduction I sort of say hey just just give it a try like maybe do one a week or one a month like it's there's not a structure of like you have to do it Monday to Friday Um, I mean I know with like with everyday life, we are just so busy in our lives, and that, and you know, and that's our that's our society right now. We're social media. We've got busy lives. We're after school activities, um, especially with four kids. I'm everywhere, but um, it's just taking those moments that you can be still and just do it, and don't have that guilt behind it. Oh, I, I miss this day, or I miss that day. Um, just have any, just be intentional about doing it, but not guilting yourself if you don't do it. Now, parents who have had the experience of their children being in lockdown, but now they're feeling a little bit of freedom from that. Kids have been back to school. Well, they're going to be on holidays before too long too, but kids have been back to school. They're not in lockdown in the same way that they were through the year. Uh, Is there something that ought to be in the heart of a parent beyond that lockdown that helps them recognize the profound value of doing something like this as a devotion with their kids 
Yeah, I guess for me, it's a it's a lifelong thing. It's a lifestyle for me. I'd love my kids to love Jesus. Um, that that's my that's my sole desire. Um, in Proverbs twenty two six, it says, "Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it." And I've clung I've clung clung to that um, that promise. Shell is with us, and in fact, back into a form of lockdown situation in quarantine in Perth as she and her family are moving uh, with her husband, who's a paediatrician, to Broome in Western Australia. But from Perth, Shell is with us. We had a little bit of a glitch with our connection just before the news, but Shell, we've got you back. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Shell, we've been talking about the values that pass on to a new generation, the challenges of what happens when you're in a lockdown situation, uh, that some families have had it really hard. And, you know, you're on a level of parenting. You've got to have a tremendous capacity to be able to put up with all sorts of things that go when you're all in a cooped up situation together. But even in that you've been able to reflect on how you can make a difference in even building a family culture. And if something special happens when you were in lockdown that lasts for the for the rest of your life, that would be a wonderful thing. How do you think about family culture that, that you're building for your family? Yeah, I mean, culture is so important, isn't it? You want to raise your kids to um, love others, love God and love themselves. Um, we want to create a lifestyle with with them rather than like a religion. So including this daily devotion that I've written into our routine will hopefully um, show them Jesus. Isn't it funny the way we think of a family devotion as being a religious thing, a religious thing you do at home, uh, the sort of routine you create? But without that routine, uh, you turn it into a, uh, a you know a, a experience where everyone's doing their own thing. So somehow, rather having a common focus together as a family is going to be a powerful thing for your family that will have wonderful effects and wonderful outcomes as our kids get older. How do you reflect on the possibilities with, that might come because you've come up with this new routine for your family? Yeah, I guess for me, it's I just pray that it becomes theirs. You know, like my faith becomes their faith. They love Jesus because they love Jesus, not just because I do. Um, and that that's my whole heart behind it is I don't want to force anything on them. I just want them to to know that Jesus loves them no matter what. And life life is extremely better when you know Jesus. And starting young, no doubt, is a key because once you start things uh, when they're older, uh, then no doubt it's harder to get everybody on track and everyone's on the same page. And as you say, you don't want to force the family. So starting young gets a routine happening early. Yeah, that's really true. Um, my little one, Eleanor, when she couldn't say devotion, she would say abortion. So if I forgot devotion, she's like, Mom, Mom, we've got to do abortions. We've got to do abortions, which is just awesome that it's gone to them. Like they're just as excited to do it as well and I guess for me it's just making it fun it's making it flexible um, some mornings um, what, like people don't want to do it so they sort of sit in the lounge room or you know I don't like it's just not a forced thing it's just you know come and we'll have a discussion and we'll talk about Jesus and we'll ask you some questions I just want it relaxed 
Now, you might not have a rebel in your children at the ages that they are right now, but uh, with four kids, uh, hey, we're having a family devotion and somebody says, I don't want to come. I don't know whether you've experienced that, but there might be listeners who can contribute on on how you deal with these sorts of things. And, uh, you know, we're open to uh, taking some calls from listeners on 1-800-316-316. When you've got a rebel in the family and you might like to let us in on your family, maybe they're not rebellious and uh, doing what they're told uh, under age 8 or under age 10, uh, what are your thoughts for if you've got one that says, I don't want to do this anymore? You know, we, we have that from time to time. They're like, I don't want to do this. And, you know, and they go into another room and they sit there. But I know they're listening. Like, if they're even not in my space, I know that they can hear things even if they're over there. And that's their option. Do you know what I mean? I don't want it to be a forced thing. Um, I definitely have never wanted it to be a forced activity. There are moments where we're like, no, come on, come on. And you try and include them and you try and draw their attention in with, oh, look at this game. Let's do this game first. So you try and make it fun to draw them in and then and then it happens. But and as you said, it's, it's doing it young. You know what I mean? Creating that routine when they're young. And if your family devotions are an isolated thing that becomes a forced activity, uh, then it's out of step with what you might be doing in your ordinary family and parenting duties. And I love it when you say we need to make it fun because it's not the only fun activity you do. All sorts of other things we do as families have to be fun too. So it's it's in line with what we else all, what we do all together anyway. Yeah, it's really interesting you say that because, I mean, I want to pass down our love of the outdoors and the water and tramping and adventure, and I want to pass that down to my kids. So I do those things. So just like this, I want to pass my faith down to my friends, I mean, to my kids. So that's why I've chosen to, you know, do this devotion. Now, come back to your book for a moment. How many devotions are in there? Is this a weekly devotion or is it something you've got a devotion for every day? How does that all work with your book? Yeah, so it's um, it's topical and there's 52 weeks. So it's a you can do it from Monday to Friday or you can just pick up a topic and do it for the month. It's, it's totally up to you. There's no – I didn't want to regimate it by um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday – I just wanted to to be open so someone could pick up the book and then do a day. So it doesn't have a date on it, or this is, you're up to number 165. Uh, It doesn't have that on it. You've given that flexibility so that, and that takes the guilt out of it, doesn't it, for parents who say, well, you know, I haven't been able to do this every day, or I haven't been able to do it every day of the week, but... You can come back to the devotions and you can pick up from where you left off because you've got topical themes. Yeah, and that's exactly yeah, you've, you've, yeah, that's exactly why I wrote it the way I did because I didn't want it to be that pressure. So with your book, you can start anywhere. You could start in the middle of the book. You could start at the end. You could go according to the sorts of things you hear your children talking about. You could actually frame your devotion around where the kids are at. Yeah, definitely. So we've got, we do topicals. So we've got like the New Year's and the Christmas and the Easter stories. And then we've got people of the Bible. And then we've got um, the perfect parent. And Jesus is our like savior, best friend. So it's just all a range of of different topics. So is there a practical bit of advice you can give to those listening in and especially those who've got young children? 
about where to start with all of this? I mean, do you start at the dinner table or do you say, if you're in lockdown, you've got lots more flexibility about where you start because you could be there any time of the day. Is there a practical where to start bit of wisdom from you, Shell? Yeah, I, for us, we started at night because that was our routine of, you know, we read a book, then we would do together and then we'd go to bed. But then it started to not work because our daylight saving happened and kids were going to bed later and it just wasn't happening. So we changed it to the morning. I have some friends who just have have it do, um, sorry, I have some friends who just do it in the car until they to the school or, you know, the older kids reads it and so they, they answer like that. Um, yeah, I guess for me, it's just whatever works in your family. So for us, currently, it's the morning time is working. But you know what I mean? A month down the track, it'll be some other time. So it's really time to get those small moments of connection with your kids and go, oh, let's do, let's do together. Let's, let's have a chat. A lot of families still have bedtime stories and the routine that comes at bedtime uh, certainly could inv- include a devotional aspect. Uh, is it the case, do you think, that maybe sometimes when you're a parent and you're reading your children storybooks, now those storybooks might not necessarily be Christian storybooks or Bible storybooks, could be storybooks about all sorts of things, uh, even favourite uh, fairy tales and things like that, but to attach a time of devotion to a bedtime, does that in fact uh, enhance your opportunity to make that part of a routine? Yeah, definitely. And that's why we started with the nighttime because we knew we were going to read our book and then we we're going to do together. But um, I guess for some parents, the nighttime is sort of like, I am done. I just want to go to bed. I don't have that opportunity. So then we, so then I guess for me, it's like, okay, let's change to the morning and see how that works. And so if you're thinking, I'm just an ordinary parent, I'm not a teacher like Shell. And, uh, you know, Shell must be confident because, you know, she's got a teaching degree and she knows what it's like to control a classroom. Here am I, an ordinary parent, and my kids are running wild. I find it hard to sort of nail them down to have some sort of a devotion time. How do you how do you suggest parents who are having that sort of difficulty just keeping the kids calm? Do you have to wear them out before you have a devotion? Some practical stuff here because sometimes uh, you know the kids are just hard to settle. Yeah, no, definitely. And I guess for me, it's like just start small. Just start with reading the verse every day and ask a question, um, and then you know do the build up. Um, you can reward them, I guess, with stickers if you want to go down that way. Like you know, if you you come down here, we're gonna give you a sticker chart. Um, food's always an awesome option. Um, you know, while they're at afternoon tea, just bring out the, the devotion. I guess for me, it's not, yeah, I guess it's not what time of the day it's going to happen. It's just if it, you know, if it sinks into their little minds. So you just, you've got to do it what best it's your family. And I know that's so different for everybody. And while we're talking about routines for kids, Actually, we're talking about routines for parents, aren't we? Because if we don't have a routine of doing a devotion with our family, uh, then the kids certainly aren't going to have that routine. I love the thought of rewards because in so many families, you know, if you make your beds, uh, if you take out the rubbish, if you set the table, if you do those sorts of things, then you're accumulating rewards. Uh, And so really, there's nothing that says you shouldn't include also your participation in a family devotion as part of your rewards. So have oh, you tried have you tried the rewards thing? 
Do you know what? To be honest, I haven't actually. But um, t- thinking about it, you're so you're. It's so true. Like I reward my kids when they do their daily routine of putting their shoes on, brushing their teeth. So why not include this in in your reward system? Uh, just uh, you know, my own personal uh, parenting background, because uh, my wife and I we have four children. They've all grown up now, but uh, rewards uh, work in all sorts of different ways. And for us, when we were raising our children, uh, even the idea of learning the books of the Bible and offering a fifty cent reward—if you can learn all the books of the Old Testament and uh, or all the books of the New Testament—as they are getting to that time when they can start to remember some really substantial things. A very, very inexpensive way of creating a reward that creates a goal that your children really aspire to, and uh, to see those kids in my memory now, you know, standing up at, at the in, in the doorway. Basically, that was the stage uh, where you'd stand there to do your uh, books of the Bible, and uh, every night, just you know, and each one then uh, egging the other one on to to try and get those right, so you could win the fifty cent reward. Those sorts of things really do work well. Kids respond to rewards don't they oh yeah completely i'm um i've been doing a parenting course called incredible years and they do they have a whole week on on the reward system you reward and you reward until it becomes a habit so i guess our prayer is that it becomes a habit for our kids to to want to continue to do talk to jesus pray read their bible do devotions and any of us as parents who recognise that those routines are so important, uh, that rewards might be a part of that, that's something we need to aspire to. But uh, in making the routines of our lives, uh, if you don't go out of your way to intentionally include in there an opportunity to have a devotion time with your family, then you may miss that. And the mm. suspicion I have is that your kids and devotions, if it starts early, it's going to be much easier to actually keep as a routine as they grow older. And that's still ahead of you too, I, I think, yet, Shell. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I don't have all the answers. Um, I make mistakes all the time. I tell the kids I've made a mistake, tell them I'm sorry and I ask for forgiveness. You know, I'm for me it's just I'm we're just trying to do life but we're not trying to be perfect. And I know that I do not have it all together because <laughs> yeah, my kids are young still. But I guess what you're saying is that it's awesome to start them young, start them with the values that Mark and I carry. And you're never going to get it perfectly right, are you? Because none of us is perfect as a parent uh, and always there's going to be those times when you will need to apologise to your own kids. It's just a part of yeah. being a parent and raising a family. Hey, Coming back to your devotions, though, and how they work, you're encouraging kids to talk, listen and discover is that something that's come from your your teaching background? You know, how do you get kids to understand what you're teaching? Is that part of uh, the way that we all respond? In fact, the way we can uh, start to talk about the things we're learning. Yeah, I guess for a teacher point of view, you always want to ask questions. You always want to do a practical side for what you're learning, and you always want to have a tiny bit of a talk. So I guess maybe yeah, that was my teacher background thinking. Okay, what. What is going to include my kids? How are they going to be engaged? Um, what's going to draw them into wanting to actually even do a devotion? Well, special honour to you because you've had the courage to put your devotions out there and mm-hmm. you're going to resource so many parents who are going to say, well, this is a wonderful opportunity for my 
children. And uh, just to pick up on your children uh, under eight, four of them, and you're pitching these devotions at an age level when your children are able to understand. So for parents with young children, this is the sort of thing, this is where your book is pitched. Yes, definitely. So if there was a particular age you said uh, this one's most suitable for, how old would you say? Um, primary, primary age, so five to ten. Okay, and so then my little Eleanor, who's four, she joins in too. So... Um, yeah, you know, if you if you pitch, you just, I mean, you just expect different answers from a two-year-old to an eight-year-old and you sort of, you know, make sure you hear each answer. And so, so far as this uh, family culture goes, you start while you're young. You don't want it to be a religious uh, routine uh, for some that could become a drudgery and you want it to become a part of the lifestyle that your family enjoys and part of that bringing God into the experience of your parenting and how your children are going to be shaped and influenced by that. So special honour to you, Shell. Now, for listeners who want to get a hold of your book, what's the best way? Yeah, so um, I've got a website, um, www.togetherfamily.co.nz um, and also Kurong are... Um, holding my book as well. They're selling it as well in Book Depository. Okay. So there's so, a few ways. So wherever you're listening today, you're able to get a hold of it online uh, via Kurong or the Book Depository. And Shell's website is togetherfamily.co.nz. So we've got the New Zealand uh, tag on the end of the uh, yeah. web address. So togetherfamily.co.nz. It's called Together, a family, a year of family devotions from my family to yours. And uh, it's been a wonderful privilege just getting uh, the heartbeat of Shell Shaw, who decided that she was going to do something special in lockdown and get some family devotions together. One thing led to another. Then before you know it, it was snowballing. She was emailing 50 families uh, with her devotions, and now she's decided to release those in her new book. The book is Together, A Year of Family Devotions, From My Family to Yours, Shell Shaw, S-H-A-W. Shell, thank you so much for taking some time to share your insights and uh, share your story with us today on 2020. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.